Hey there, you're listening to What the Riff? Join us as we remember the great rock and roll hits from a month between 1965 and 1995. We're going to riff on all things about the bands, the members, and the goings-on during that time. We hope to inspire you to find and download the songs you hear today, whether you're fans who forgot about some of these tracks or maybe never even heard them before. Check out our blog at whattheriff.com or follow us on Facebook at What the Riff. Here's a shout-out to our sponsors, Right Column Financial, offering CFO and bookkeeping services for small business, Stanton Electric, a commercial electrical specialist, and Marbury Creative Group, a brand development agency that helps companies tell it better. So let's turn up the volume and enjoy this episode of What the Riff? 30,000 Israeli troops invade Lebanon to drive out the PLO. 750,000 anti-nuclear demonstrators rally in Central Park, New York City. And Argentina surrenders to Great Britain, ending the 74-day Falklands Islands War. This is June 1982, and we are What the Riff? I'm Bruce. I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm Brian. And Wayne brings us this rockin' piece. What have you got? Guys, there are some bands you can tell who they are the first notes they play. These are one of those. The Stray Cats. And this is their debut album, Built for Speed. This is a group that I I was just not into at the time, but it has really grown on me over time. I I can actually say in June of 1982, I was a month graduated out of high school. I was working as a student worker at LSU, and somebody introduced me to these guys. And it's like you, Bruce. I went, what the hell is that? (laughs) And then as you... It, 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 it grew on me until I have a great appreciation. You know? mm-hmm. it eventually, it's it that eventually 50s rock, isn't yeah, it? It's it rockabilly. Yeah. Well, it this is. song is it's that 50s car song. If you yep. remember, you know, like the Hot Rod Lincoln. Absolutely. And stuff. This song is called Built for Speed. It's the title song. And it's, you know, lyrics is with a custom engine painted black with flames. Ain't nobody going to call that Hot Rod Tang. And it's so much fun. It's really an upbeat version of those old rockabilly songs from the 50s and 60s. But they also wore the costume and the hairstyles. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, what do you visualize when you see those stray cats? What do you visualize? Blonde hair that slicked back. Yeah. The 50s. How about tattoos? Yeah, oh, yeah. White socks. White socks. Shiny jackets. I'll bet yep. their stage presence is something else, too. I'll yeah. bet they're a lot of fun to We'll get to, to that. We'll get to that a little later on. But, I mean, you've got, you got, they're very minimalist. I mean, they've got Brian Seltzer with the Gretsch guitar. I have one of those. Uh, and then you got Lee Rocker on the upbeat bass. He's, he's the, you, oh, it is an up. It is an upright bass, uh-huh. yeah. And Slim Jim Phantom is playing the ultra-small three-piece drum set. No, this is not your Rush This drum is not band. Neil Peart's <laughs> drum set. <laughs> I mean, it has a bass drum. It has the regular snare, snare and this one cymbal, and that's yep. it. And he's standing up playing that, too. But Stray Cats put Rockabilly back on the charts. They definitely you, did. And, and it was sort of a heartening of, of a nice, fun time. And this is my exposure to them the first time I went... Yep, this next song is Rock This Town. It was a top ten hit off this platinum album. And 
it's through this song a lot of people were turned on to rockabilly for the first time. But you know what I thought it was when the first time I heard it though? I thought it was a, from a movie. I said, well, what movie is this from? Yeah. I remember asking that very question. Yeah, I mean, there was what, Peggy Sue Got Married, I think, came out around this time, if yeah. you remember, maybe a few years later. But I mean, it's it's a song about just heading out for the night, hitting the dance floor, some real cool music going on. Uh, they talk about disco in here, and they didn't like the disco, so they actually left and went somewhere else. You know, I can't remember. My mother and father grew up in the 50s, mm -hmm. but I don't ever remember them saying to me, yeah, I really like the Stray Cats. I, I, just, I just never mentioned it. Well, it took music like this to have me go back to the 50s and sort of look at these rockabilly songs, because this is the type of music I like. I mentioned before the early Elvis stuff when he was with Sun Records. Go out and get that album, because that is really fun. Carl Perkins. There's tons and tons of really even lower name groups that, that just had that rock and roll feel until when Elvis left and went to the army yeah. and then you had uh, Pat Boone singing all these songs that just kind of took the fun out of music <laughs> and really everybody then started graduating to uh, the, the surf music and the beatbox and the, the, the mellower stuff some of the Motown and until the Beatles went back and said, hey, man, I really like that stuff that was from the early 50s. Let's play that. And that's what happened is this music sort of evolved back. And everybody went, oh, wait a minute, the Beatles are playing this type of music, too. Because we played one of the first albums we did, uh, the Beatles, For uh, Sale, I think, was the album we did early on. And half the album was just covers. And that's what they're doing. They're covering songs similar to this from the 50s. It reminds me of uh, Happy Days. Yeah. yeah. Also, the movie Grease came out only four years before this, and that kind of yeah. had a little bit of a resurgence to right. some older rock and roll. Remember, Sha Na Na was out yes. around. That was, that was right. one of the ones that kind of kept that. Saturday Night Staple, after the news, it was always Sha Na Na. And now my dad watched that religiously, so he really? loved them. Oh, yeah. He, they actually toured, and he, he, he went to their show. Well, this song listed by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as the wrong, one of the 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. And I gotta, I gotta say, it definitely did. Like I said, but this if is, it wasn't for this, a lot of people would have forgotten that type of music. Now, but this song is an original, isn't it? Yes, it's not it a is. cover. Yeah, all these are original. It sounds like a cover, doesn't it? It does. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that this is my mother-in-law her favorite band, I think, in terms of rock and roll. Hmm. She's a big fan of these guys. Woo! Something yeah. we could connect on, you know, yeah, rock definitely. music. <laughs> She's great, though. <laughs> I always like the term, you know, he's a cool cat. You know, that's the yeah. stray cats. And that every, rock, they, rock, they're rock man, cry. rock. Rock man, rock. Well, this is another deep cut. It's called Baby Blue Eyes. Just a fun song about a guy in love, but he doesn't trust his girl. So, you know, you got stars in one eye and lies in another. Now, which am I going to believe? Did I tell you I did security for the Stray Cats? Did you? Yes. Well, when I was in Auburn, I was at a club that brought music to the university, and they were shorthanded and asked volunteers to be backstage. And, in fact, my hand went up. And the good thing about back, backstage is, you know, you got to be backstage. But the bad thing is a lot of time you missed the concert because you were doing, uh, you know, 
catering or anything else. Well, luckily for me, to keep those wild women from rushing the stage, you know, they they needed security, so I was up so there in front. It was a Wayne sandwich <laughs> <laughs> between the straight cats and all these women, oh, right? You were the one thing standing between he the straight cats. It. All right, back up. No, <laughs> not too much. <laughs> well, it was better in front row, so I, I do have to say that. But now the crowd at Auburn was pretty, pretty tame. Uh, though we did have a bunch of people uh, dancing in the aisles. I mean, we had the punk rockers, which just sort of kind of yes. brought punk, punk into into this type of music. Uh, they were dancing in the aisles. We had a few of those in, at Auburn at the time. It was the Rant and Rave tour that we had. And this, the, the song was Sexy at 17, if you remember. That was oh, yeah, hell yeah. Well, these guys formed in 1979, but they heard the revival music in England was going on at the 50s. And so they went there and decided to play, and that's where they got their start. And word spread quickly, and, and the Rolling Stones, the Who, Led Zeppelin, all these guys were starting to attend their shows. Really? Dave Edmonds actually came to them and says, hey, buddy, I want to produce your album. So he produced the first two albums that were just released only in England. And this album is actually kind of the best of those two albums. So this was the first released album in the, in the United States. You may have said this, Wayne, but where did they come from? I don't have that word local. I just remember, just remember seeing they, yes. they went to England. So okay. Right. They went to England, so they're not from England. Yeah. I think it's interesting that they... These were their own songs, and they weren't covers, because I would have assumed they would have been covers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they, they definitely got the music down. That's familiar. Yep. Now, this is my exposure to them when somebody said, hey, this, check this guy. These guys are Stray Cats, and then this is the song that was playing. That's when I went, that, what the hell is this? Well, we took the tempo down. <laughs> oh, just a bit. But this is the last song of uh, of our group of four, and this reached number three on the on the charts. So it was played quite often on the radio too. It's called the Straight Cat Strut. I just like the word strut. I mean, when you, instead of walking into a bar or anything, you strut in a bar. You strut I mean, right by with the tail in the air. Yeah, I wish I could be as carefree and wild, but I got that. Cat glass and I got cat style. Yeah. By the way, I checked it out, Rob. They are from Long Island. Interesting. Oh, thank They're, you. They are out of uh, Massapequa, New York, hmm. Long Island. Do you guys remember Brian Seltzer being part of another really successful kind of a super group called the Honey Drippers? Oh, was he in the Honey Drippers? He was in the Honey yes, Drippers. He, did. he was a guitarist. Oh. And what was their big hit? That was a that was a cover. Yes, um, it was. My love, sea of love, sea, sea of, of love. love. Yeah. Yep. Now that what was the a, Robert Plant group. Exactly. It what a great back. Oh, that was a great song. Yeah. Now oh. Brian Seltzer, as we talked about, he's the he's the lead guitarist, and he really is the one who wrote most of these songs. He's the talented one of the group. He decided to break up the band in 84. It was like they were at the height, and he decided, but they've gotten back together, obviously, and they included a tour and, and an album in 2019. But he would actually go on and do his own uh, group with an orchestra. 
and I've got some of those albums. They're really fun. There's a fun Christmas album that we I, I think we focused on one of them. If not, we will. The two others of the group uh, went on to form a, a group called Phantom Rock and Slick, if you remember that. And that was a ac- really good album, too. Uh, the interesting thing I thought was we had talked about in the past about this woman, but Slim Jim Phantom married a woman named Brett Eklund. You remember her? That's a I very do. familiar name. She was the, she was a Bond girl, and she was 42, and he was 19 years younger at 23. And we talked about her on Tonight's the Night. Yes, we did. She was Rod Stewart's girlfriend. Ah, so. And she was only 18 at that time. Yeah. She was... I know uh, Lee Rocker came through doing some of the Tra- Stray Cat songs, um, I guess, a couple of couple of years ago. So, but Like I said, they're a fun group to go watch. There's not a whole lot going up there, but it is fun to dance to, to strut to. <laughs> they are just cool cats. That's the Stray Cats built for speed. Thank you very much. Good Thank call. You. Thank Good you very call. much. Good call. Thanks, Wayne. Now we're moving on to our entertainment track. Brought to us by Right Column Financial. You would probably recognize this. This has more than three instruments in it, doesn't it? This is from a movie that was huge in June of 1982. That was E.T. the Extraterrestrial. And still to this day, gentlemen, the biggest disappointment for movie of the year. Everybody had them written in, Mm -hmm. and they didn't win. And you talk about outcry. There was no social media then, but can you imagine if there were the outcry that would have gone on on social media because of that snub? Who who won that year? Do you recall? Uh, what's the, the guys running on the beach? Chariots of Chariots fire. Chariots of fire. The okay, guys all right. Running on the beach. All right. To that, me, to me, this is even not even the best movie that came out in June of 1982 because Blade Runner came out. Yeah, that's Ridley a Scott cult with classic. Harrison Ford and Rutger Hauer. Poltergeist was another one. Oh, yeah. That scared the living bejesus out of me. Maybe oh, wanted to make sure to turn the TV off when they went to static yeah. there, yeah. Remember yeah. Firefox with Clint Eastwood? He mm-hmm. was a pilot that stole a, a Russian or a USSR airplane, and that was actually fun. The Thing, John Carpenter's. Man, there were some great Russell. movies. Grease 2? Okay, yeah, we didn't go there. We that didn't go there. there. Yeah. <laughs> Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan. Awesome. That, that was an awesome one. Now, who, which one's your favorite of, of the original that, five? That's that it. one? That's okay. it. Yeah. That's it, the Rathacon. Out of those ones that you just went through, the one that impressed me the most was The Thing. Hmm. I mean, that was just done so well. I, that's one of those movies, if I'm flipping and it comes up, I'll watch it for a few minutes. I mean, I've, It was very well except done. Except for Grease 2, I've seen all those. I, I don't mean, know if I've seen about, The Thing. I might have to see it. Hanky Panky was Definitely. a comedy. With Gene Wilder and Gilda Radner. It wasn't really that good, but that's where they met and finally married. Yeah, so yeah. that was an interesting. The funny thing that. is, when I hear this song now, I think about the ride. Oh, yeah. In, uh, Orlando. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I've been on that Waiting ride. in line. Yeah, yeah, forever. It takes forever to get in, get to it. And then the ride, actually, it's kind of fun. It's relaxing, it is. But it's an air conditioning. Yeah. I'm surprised, Wayne, that you haven't mentioned one of the other movies that I remember that summer that came out that was kind of a guy, you know, TNA flick, was Porky's. You guys remember that? Ah. Yeah, it didn't come out in June yeah. of 1982. Yeah, I just remember seeing it that summer, though. Well, we're going to move on <laughs> to our staff picks. And who's got our next staff pick? This is mine coming up. 
Rob, what you got? Well, I was shocked that this was not already covered on What the Riff. But Flock of Seagulls, Space Age Love Song. Oh, yeah. This is probably my favorite Flock of Seagulls. I thought this would have been an album pick or whatever. It was not overplayed either. You know, I thought about it, but I think it'd be better just to pick them off as staff picks. So I'm like, let's just do that. I didn't know this, but some people refer to this band as AFOS. I saw that quite a bit doing my research. A Flock of Seagulls. AFOS. Thought that's interesting, but this song peaked at number 30 on the Billboard charts. It's Flock of Seagulls is uh, definitely new wave, and they were formed in Liverpool, England in 1979. This single was the fourth single. I, I love this. The, this is on Wikipedia. The lead guitarist, Paul Reynolds, was uh, talking about the, the song, and they couldn't come up with a name for it. And he suggested Space Age Love Song because he thought it sounded like a Space Age Love Song. <laughs> okay. Well, there you have it. But who are the two brothers, though, Rob? The, 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 obviously, the lead singer and, and keyboardist. Yeah, there, there's so Mike, two brothers. Mike Score started the band. He's the lead vocals and keyboards. And his brother, Ali Score, was drummer. Okay. And you then sure Frank, that wasn't a drum machine? It sure does sound like a drum machine to well, me. Somebody has to operate the drum machine, too, Wayne. Yeah, yeah. You can't just let it go on That's its right. own. That's right. <laughs> and Frank Maudsley is bass, and Paul Reynolds is guitar. This is the best-known lineup. But Who's the one with the hair? So, now, that, that hairstyle that they had. So, the, Mike Score was actually a hairdresser in Liverpool until 1978, and he formed a band called Pontrix. And he played bass in that band. but So he was a hairdresser. And in 2003, the original members got together on VH1's Bands Reunited. And in an interview before the performance, it was revealed that his seagull or wings hairstyle was created when he tried to style his hair like David Bowie's character Ziggy Stardust. But the bass player, Frank Modsley, was also trying to use the mirror and put his hand on top of Score's head <laughs> and pushed it down so only the sides were up. <laughs> the band's manager was apparently rushing him out on stage because they were behind, so he went out there with his hair like that, <laughs> and everybody loved it. And so Mike and Frank started doing their hair that way, and uh, it became a trademark of the band. How about that? Totally man? by accident in the moment. Oh, you couldn't go anywhere on MTV without seeing Flock of Seagulls, and you see that hairstyle, you go, up. Oh. Knew exactly yeah. who it was, Flock of Seagulls. Yeah. But that show that you're talking about, Bands Reunited. That was a great show. It really was. That's one of my favorite ones that I saw because the brothers wouldn't stay. They didn't speak for years. Hmm. I mean, it, it, it broke up the band. Yeah. So their mother, who had tried over and over to get them back together, they just wouldn't. and took that, that, that show to do it. Yeah, it's interesting what you find out in those. But I do like Flock of Seagulls, kind of a guilty pleasure because of the keyboards. But uh, this is probably my favorite song. It's a good choice because, I mean, Iran is the one that you right, think of. Right. We'll, we'll have to cover that. Wishing, Iran. Yep. So I hope you enjoyed that. Now we're moving along to our next one, which is another. This is, <laughs> this is a great song from this time period here. I now understand. I appreciate you explaining why you picked Space Egg's love song. 
because I was curious how I got this song. I thought for certain that Rob was going to take it. It was a tough, it was a toss-up because I did think about this. <laughs> this is a fun song. At least, at least you're bopping your head to it. You probably already know this is Soft Cell, Tainted Love. It's the first hit, I think in the U.S., maybe the only true hit yeah, yeah. from Soft Cell. Yeah. Pretty much a one-hit wonder. Yeah, they had some other hits in the U.K., but um, over here in the, the States, this is really the only one that they had. It's an English duo of Mark Almond, uh, who's on vocals, and David Ball is on it, is the instrumentalist. This song reminds me so much of the summer of 1982. Yeah. This was kind of my summer of love, if you will. This is when I started realizing that girls would start paying attention to me at summer vacation. (laughs) And uh, I was out on this uh, place with my dad uh, for a week, uh, this kind of resort, and just hanging out at the pool with this other group of girls that was up there my brother and I would hang out and so I just this song actually reminds me of that that time it's amazing how a song can take you I love it yeah I love it so this is actually a cover um the Gloria Jones originally recorded it as a b-side in 1964 wow yeah I guess that makes sense but it didn't chart it really it was it wasn't that big of a hit but it became popular in the early 70s in the UK. You were mentioning earlier, you know, the, the rockabilly the sign, the revival. Yeah. yeah. So Motown revival. This was a part of the Northern Soul club scene in the UK. What's interesting is when I was in Europe in, in 91, we were on one of the metro trains or on rather HTV or whatever it was. But... We talked to a British guy, and we're going, hey, yeah, we like this music, this music. We started going down and talking about some of the music that's going up. He goes, oh, I love American music and everything. And he specifically said, he goes, all I listen to is Motown. Huh. I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't realize that people really do just put, some, put themselves in a, in a demographic, and that's it. Yeah. It's the first time I really realized that. This was the version that you picked on here, which... Is Tainted Love, Where Did Our Love Go? Yes. So I was like, sure to put this one on here. Yes. Which is a little longer, but why is that? Well, this is the version that I really, really enjoyed. So the Tainted Love would have already been over at this point. Yep. So uh, you've got another probably five minutes of Tainted Love goodness coming up here. I have a lot on your notes because that's we're right. Run out of things to talk about. Well, I, the here's the deal with uh, with with soft cell. So it became popular, like I said, in the early '70s, and Jones re-recorded it in 1976, "Tainted Love." Um, but that version didn't go anywhere either. So then, soft cell singer Mark Almond heard it while he was working as a club in the club room. Uh, Rob's digging this. Uh, I like that sing that single dink dink and then that background yeah. so it's definitely a club scene type of a thing isn't it oh yes, yeah indeed love it so now it's drifted it's starting to drift into the the uh the next song yep um 
But he heard he heard Tainted Love in when he was working in a cloakroom, kind of uh, you know picking up uh, coats and things. And they started performing it in their live shows, replacing the guitars with synthesizers, mm. of course, because it was a part of that second British invasion, you know, the synth-heavy stuff. Yep. Um, this was the second single that they released, and supposedly Phonogram Records told them it would be their final release <laughs> if it didn't sell. Wow. But soft sell sold. And now we get into the second part of the medley. So, actually, the versions that I was hearing, I think it was even more truncated on radio, but whenever I hear this song, this I want to hear this version, right. where it goes, Tainted Love, into Where Did Our Love Go? And, of course, now, this now, is a classic Motown yes, song. So. It's a big song, too. The Supremes had a big hit with uh, Oh, this with was the Supremes originally. Yes. Mm-hmm. Snapping, and the the synthesizer work is so simple, but it's it's effective. Yes, it just gets it's just it, it's just impressive. Did you like the uh, cover that Marilyn Manson did? <laughs> I'm not as big of a Marilyn Manson fan. There's some of his songs that I do like, and I thought he did a pretty good job covering it. That's the other thing that's fun is at the end of this when they kind of kind of strips down to yeah you know. The instruments go away, and they get down to where you just hear the single note right there. That's how they ended up. I saw them on uh, Saturday Night Live one time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And, you know, they're not super stage presence, <laughs> as you can imagine. Well, I mean, th- that might be a part of the whole one-hit wonder thing, you know. it's Part of it is, you know, you've, you've got to have the musicianship, but if that's all you've got, it's hard to generate that that passionate fan base yeah but they did have more more hits in the uk so right part of it may be just a divide between and the, the movies two. i mean the, the movie <laughs> the video is pretty good too yeah. at this length it might be a movie i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well if we want to truncate this a little bit we can do that i just wanted to uh to make sure that we had both med both parts of the medley the tainted love and where did our love go all right, well, we'll shrink it on and go on to our next staff pick, since this one's going to go on for about eight more minutes. It will, <laughs> indeed. All right, Brian's going to bring us our next staff pick. What you got, Brian? Uh, I bet you'll recognize here in just a second. Sounds live. It is. It's live from the 1981 concert in Central Park. It is Simon and Garfunkel. And what is it, guys? Wake up. All right. And this, I love the Everly Brothers version of this. I really do. But I do really like this Simon and Garfunkel sound. Now, like I said, it was recorded at their live concert in Central Park. Over 500,000 people attended that show. That's amazing. And so it was so popular that the record company grabbed it and released it as a single and actually went into the top 30. So it did very well. But this is what's written by the husband and wife team of Felice and Budlo Bryant. And they wrote songs for the Everly Brothers in the 50s. Their songs were also recorded by Bob Dylan, Elvis, and Buddy Holly. Now, ironically, if you recall back in 2000 when George W. Bush was running as the Republican nominee for president and he was on the Oprah Winfrey show, 
you know, they were just kind of throwing questions out just to get to know the candidates and stuff. One of the questions she asked George W. Bush was, what is your favorite song? And George W. Bush, without hesitation, said, Wake Up Little Susie by Buddy Holly. Hmm. Yeah, I like that version myself. And so that was without hesitation. So not the Everly Brothers, but Buddy Holly. But as you can see, these guys were just, their their harmonies are incredible. This inspired the the, uh, the team of, of Simon and Garfunkel to tour in 1983 on a world tour. I think that this kind of harkens back to what the Straight Cats were doing. It was kind of that rockabilly, yeah. little bit, 50s music. It, it fits right in. Straight Cats could do a cover of this. I love the ending. Yeah, there's a person or two out there cheering Just a few. (laughs) So now we're going to go back to the man who started it all today. Wayne's bringing this fun song from June of 1982. Isn't it a fun song? It is. It is a fun song. I want candy. I'm sorry, Wayne. I just can't see you presenting this song. I've got to pinch myself just to make sure this is actually (laughs) happening. Really? This could be the Stray Cats, but it's not. It's Bow Wow Wow. I could see Brian bringing it. I could see that, yeah. But I can also see Wayne. I can see that. It's got that Bo Diddley feel. That's what I was going to say. It's the Bo Diddley beat. It harkens back to the 50s. Actually, this was a new song in 1965 by the Strange Loves, and it reached number 11 on the top 100. So, but yeah, it is the Bo Diddley beat. This is the version by Bow Wow Wow from the EP Last of the Mohicans. You guys remember the cover on that? No, but I do. You knew who I thought it was originally, knowing it was the Bow Wow Wow. I thought this was, what's the other famous band out of the UK? The Bananarama. Oh, yeah. yeah it could be them. That's right. Or it does sound like Bananarama. Yeah. yeah. Well, the cover of The Last of the Mohicans was sort of uh, titillating, if you want to say. Risque. Yeah, it was a nude photo of the lead singer, Annabella Lynn, and uh, Lewin. And she was basically covered all in gold, sort of like a gold finger. Oh. And she had her uh, knees to her breasts and everything and had that cover, if you recall, on that. Boy, this really does tie in with Stray Cats. Oh, yeah. I never really thought about this kind of rockabilly movement happening in 1982. I was all about the, I was all about flock of seagulls and soft cell and all that. Mm-hmm. So this was very different. You guys remember the video? Yeah. Um, first, it had her coming out in a wet T-shirt from the ocean, and then the guys were all like buried up to their necks, and they're just moving their heads back and forth. And do you remember her haircut? It was a mohawk, wasn't it? Was it was a mohawk, and then it had cornrows, sort of like Bo Derek, yeah. if you remember. Now, this was a little controversial because she was young. At That's the time. correct. Yes, she was like 16 years old when this came out. So, oh, talking about sexualizing uh, somebody underage. But uh, the other hit was "Do You Want to Hold Me?" You remember yes. That? Yep. All right, Wayne. Thanks. Now we're going to move on to our laugh track. Why is it a laugh track? Well, Bruce put this one on here. I put this on a long time ago. Jerry Reed. <laughs> That's all you need to say. 
back in 63 when eating my cooking got the better of me. He's so got a story to tell. I was going with to be my wife. And it's a story with a moral. But I'd have said I wouldn't if I'd have just knew how saying I do was going to screw up all of my life. Do not marry because your girl can cook. Because I'm reminded every month when I send her the child support. Then it wasn't too long till the lust all died. And I'll admit I wasn't too surprised the day I come home and found my suitcase sitting out on the porch. Uh oh. Gotta hate that. trying to get in. She changed the lock. Then I found this note taped on the mailbox that said, Goodbye, Tucky. My attorney will be in touch. <laughs> My <laughs> attorney will so be in touch. Right I was going to do what's right. Give her her fair share. But, brother, I didn't know her share was going to be that much. She got the gold mine. I got the share. There we go. Got the share. All right, top pits of June of 1982. Ebony and Ivory by Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder. Don't Talk to Strangers, Rick Springfield. Good song. Yeah, maybe a good album, too. Yeah. Maybe. Don't You Want Me, Baby. Yes. Human League. Yes. The Other Woman by Ray Parker Jr. And Always On My Mind by Willie Nelson. Yes. That was a good one. Good song. Music of June of 1982. Some albums that were released. Reba McIntyre with Unlimited. Roseanne Cash. Now, she was all over the place back then, somewhere in the stars. Ted Nugent had Nugent. Joe Jackson, Night and Day. Mm, good good album. Mario, Good Trouble. The Alan Parsons Project had Eye in the Sky. Yes. Yep. That was a big one. Still heard in many arenas today. Yep. Robert Plant, Pictures at 11. We talked about him earlier. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Daylight Again. Fleetwood Mac had Mirage. Pete Townsend had all the best cowboys have Chinese eyes. <laughs> We've covered that. Survivor, Eye of the Tiger. You know, I got to say, 1982 was an amazing year this for is just music June. and movies. This is June I mean, of 82. Entertainment yeah. at this period in summer of 1982 was just amazing. It was, it was a great a year to graduate high school. Genesis had Three Sides Live. That was a great Ooh, album. I love that album. I've got Heart, that. Private Audition. That's when they started going a little bit more pop. Chicago had one. Imagine that. It was Chicago 16. That was a big one. Yes. Kiss had Killers. And Steve Miller Band had Abracadabra. Wow. Good song. Man, huge hits. Yeah. All right. There's plenty more that came out, but, you know, we just got to wrap it up. You've been listening to What the Riff. This is Wayne. This is Rob. This is Brian. And I'm Bruce. Hope you enjoyed June of 82. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to What the Riff. We hope you enjoyed the songs we had on tap today. Please tell your friends about us. Check us out at whattheriff.com and follow us on Facebook. Special thanks to our sponsors, Wright Collin Financial, Stanton Electric, and Marbury Creative Group. That's all for this week. See you next week on What the Riff?